And we are back and excited to be back. Got another episode of Square State Sandlot and Kyle Gilmore joining me. I am your host, Bill Montoya, and we've got lots of things to talk about. NBA free agency just kicked off this evening, so there's a lot of news with that. Trades, uh, rumors going around. Got NFL talk, and we have some college football that's not the, the Wyoming Cowboys, so we'll get into all this, but... Jumping right into NBA, which is the topic of the evening. Uh, we, we talked about the Warriors winning the, the championship last episode, and the draft just happened. They drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, a lot of guys were kind of, I don't know, a lot of the analysts were kind of scratching their heads saying, I don't know. I mean, he's not ready yet. But one thing that the Warriors have done very well and they've done it for, for several years successfully, and that's developing guys. So I look for Patrick Baldwin Jr. to be one of those Jordan Pools that, you know, has to work his way up and, and become a valid piece of this rotation. And obviously we got a lot hinging on what happens in free agency on whether he'll actually be on the team or if he'll start down in the G League or, or whatever. So... I know you don't follow basketball too close, so I don't know if you watched the draft. I, uh, I didn't watch a lot of it. I, I mean, I saw who they took number one, and other than that, I really wasn't watching. Um, I mean, I was still curious what the Magic were going to do, which I'll get to that shortly. Um, but as far as this pick, I actually did see a lot of the analysis, but the part about this that makes me laugh is when you're a team like the Warriors who, you know, have won four out of the last eight, um, you're able to make picks like this. So I don't understand why they're always scratching their heads because you don't have to have, you know, the next number one, you know, next number one guy on your team. When you're the warriors, you come in and get a guy like this and he, it's obviously a good locker room. It's a good coaching staff. Like these are the kind of picks that you make when you're in their situation, because you're looking for bench guys at this point who then could develop into maybe future starters I just, I've never understood that because they always tear apart these picks, but it just makes perfect sense for me if you're the Warriors. Yeah. And like I said, they've got Looney that they develop. They've got, uh, you know, everyone that, that's, that's playing significant minutes on the team other than Wiggins, they drafted. Yeah. So, I mean, they have that developmental um, organization and, and a world-class organization. So it, it shocks I me, agree. Yeah, like you said, that people are still baffled by by their picks but we'll see how it works out i mean well, they seem to strike gold quite often so the thing i love about it is is give it five years and if he's contributing and doing well the same people that are condemning the pick will be talking about how great he is so whatever yep. i thought it was it just makes sense to me i don't well, know enough about the kid but no and quite honestly like college basketball has fallen so far out of grace for me. Like it's essentially a one month sport now and that's March madness. So I think right. that's when most people tune in. Uh, I've watched quite a bit of uh, Wyoming basketball this, this season, just because of how, how well they were doing, but it's also tough to watch yeah. them because they're not on all the, the channels and whatnot. So I definitely watched more this past season than I have in years. I mean, yep. obviously, same reason we were doing well, but for sure. But um, so to the big news of the NBA, and that is so the other day we had uh, the the saga of Kyrie Irving, where 
No one was sure what he was going to do, if he was going to opt out. Rumors were he didn't want to be in New York anymore. Um, obviously, that relationship soured after last season, uh, where he only being available for essentially half the season and only road games. So um, that obviously put a strain on the relation relationship between he and the team. Uh, but as soon as he decided to opt in, it looked like it was going to be, okay, they're going to try to run it back one more season. Well, today we got the news that uh, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. Um, I don't know what's going on with this. I really don't. It seems like KD got everything he wanted from New York, and they were willing to build a team around him. They made trades to build that team up around him. They're in a good position to be in the East and, and contend for that title, assuming Ben Simmons plays, which I guess that may be part of the factor is no one knows what he's going to do. Uh, and then Kyrie, you can never really count on him either because of his background. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It seems like every time the going gets tough for Kevin Durant, he bails to another team. So, Well, and so I don't know if this is true or not. I saw earlier today, I'm not even sure where I seen it that he was the two teams that he's targeting is the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. I don't know if that's true or not. Are you, are you talking but, about the number one seed in both conferences? So here's my thing. <laughs> this is what drives me nuts, man. This is what the NBA is now. It's like, okay, we didn't make it far in the playoffs. I need to go to one of them teams. Yep. And it's just like that's what I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Well, um, and the crazy thing is, he just signed that four-year extension last year, so he's still on the books for four, four years. None of that so, matters anymore. Not in today's league. <laughs> and this is the point of the NBA, where it's like, okay, do the players have too much power versus the team. NFL? You know, NFL they essentially have no power once they sign that contract. It's kind of what the team wants or or will void your contract essentially so. when, it, when it comes to them getting paid in contracts i'm always going to be on the player's side um even you know you know p being part of the team things like that i'm always going to be on the player's side but in this part of the business you need to let the team do what the team does you don't build the team you play the game and it it has gone way away from that um that's all it is is just who can build the better super team. And I'm not even talking about teams. It's the players. Yeah. Um, I think people like LeBron obviously have pushed this. Um, atmosphere contributed it as well. Right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Golden State. And I just think that's the landscape of the league right now. And it just, it's very but frustrating for me, but if you look at the teams that were, you know, contending last season it wasn't the super teams it was the teams that drafted well and and developed their players and stuck them all together warriors traded for wiggins i mean that was the only non-draftee that really contributed this season so i don't know i mean That's it seems like point. it seems like the league is in a healthy spot i would say but at the same time you have yeah these guys trying to force their way out and things like that but you also the league has kind of created this as well because you're punishing guys, you're punishing teams for drafting well. I mean, the Warriors are going to be so far into the luxury tax this year if they make any signings, and that's just bringing guys back. I mean, 
Jordan Poole, they're going to have to pay him. Kevon Looney, they're going to have to pay him. If they pay these guys, they're going to be paying so much money in the luxury tax, and that is just stupid to me. Like, Yeah, it's terrible. It's I understand just... that you don't want to have juggernauts, but at the same time, you but can't. But if you drafted them? Yeah, you, you can't pay the same luxury tax dollar as if you're just buying a guy off the street, as if you're just paying your own. Right. There's got to be incentive to keep to keep the guys on the teams that they, they're drafted to. You're essentially punishing loyalty yes. by the teams. So that's what I know. In my opinion, if I mean, if you draft a team and you continue to do well, no one can blame anybody but themselves if they're another team. You've you've built it as opposed to buying it. And as a fan, that's always going to be what we want to see, at least if it's my team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's a weird dynamic because they also like those blockbuster trades. They also like that movement um, as far as media and social, you know, the buzz. So I don't know. So it's just a weird dynamic in the league nowadays. It is. But speaking of, you, you mentioned the magic. Oh, what, man. Uh, what's going so on I knew with the magic? <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I should have known as soon as I made a comment about possibly, you know, jumping back in and following somebody else. Old Shaquille O'Neal jumps in to to save the day. Um, All that's happened is he's stated, um, you know, his team has stated if the Magic are up to sell, if they're willing to sell, he would buy today. Yeah. Um, Which... Oh my God, I would be so happy because all Orlando Orlando does what bottom feeder baseball teams do. All they do is breed talent and send it elsewhere. So for someone like him to come in, he's going to want to win. Um, that makes me excited. That would probably get me all the way back into base or uh, basketball, watching the Magic like I did when I was younger. Um, obvious for obvious reasons, ties to Shaquille, but. Um, I don't know. I was so excited to read that. I kind of lit a fire under me, so I got to follow this and see where it goes. But yeah, exciting stuff for a very frustrated Orlando Magic fan base. Well, and they had their their pick. What did they pick? Three or were they first? I can't remember. Number one, they, they picked. First, yeah. uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Everybody was questioning that pick as well, but. They've got all the young talent on that roster. Just got to build something with it. I was going to say, I will give them that. They do have a pretty good young team, but they haven't been the same since Dwight left, honestly. We went on that run, got our butts kicked by the Lakers in the finals, and then you had people like Dwight go, Tobias Harris left, Aaron Gordon left, Victor Oladipo. Like, it just... All we did was get these guys primed and then send them somewhere where they could compete, which back to what we talked about earlier is kind of the name of the games to some degree for some teams nowadays. Yeah. But I just think Shaquille would be a change of culture. Um, Hello, Banchero. Thank you. That's how you say it. I know that's close to how you spell it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. Just exciting stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm excited that you're getting back into the NBA because I mean, like I said, I think it's an exciting product, especially last year where you had yeah. six teams that very easily could have won the whole thing, and obviously my team ended up doing it, so it made me pretty happy. But well, I think a that lot of it's pretty healthy right now. Yeah, and then that's it. I mean, some of it was 
obviously this would light a huge fire under me, but having not watched for a while, I kind of lost touch with, you know, the player base. So paying a little more attention the last two seasons is, you know, kind of drug me back in a little bit. Um, you know, I talked about Marcus Smart, um, some of these players that I've enjoyed watching. So it's, it's a slow process, but I'll get back in it. And plus, I mean, doing this, doing the podcast is a big part of it. If we're going to talk basketball, I'd like to not sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. But I do that enough anyways. It's fine. Um, I think that's all we have for NBA. Um, we have some, some good topics with the NFL and by good, I mean, horrible. Yeah. Um, I'll let you dive into this one. Um, okay. I've talked about it enough. <laughs> well, and unfortunately we, we have to keep talking about it because it's, it's in the news cycle um, and there's no resolution yet. In fact, the today they finished their third day of deliberation on the, on the Deshaun Watson case in terms of the NFL. Um, as we stated before, he had settled 20 of 24 in the initial um, civil suits. And I don't know what happened to those other ones that come up, but I guess they probably settled before they actually went to civil cases. So I'm guessing. I think that's what happened because everyone just stopped talking about those ones. But um, there was a leak to the NFL by the, or from the NFL, most likely to the Washington Post, basically saying, we're looking for an indefinite suspension for at least one season. And then we'll essentially readdress after that. So what they're trying to do is we're going to do at least one season, test the public opinion after that and, and go from there. And I'm glad you it put it that like. way. I'm so glad you put it that way yeah. because I'm so frustrated by this, this it's, plus what we're going to dive into after this. It's, it's essentially the NFL strategy with a lot of this stuff. I mean, they absolutely. just kind of hope, they announce something, kind of hope things go away, and then, you know, public outcry goes away, and then, okay, we'll, we'll bring him back is what I think they're looking for. Um, I completely agree. And now we're awaiting – they said the they're waiting for a ruling. I think they said now mid-July will be the – I'm just – hang on. Yeah. Catching up real quick. That says briefs due to disciplinary officer Sue Robinson in mid-July. So it sounds like we're not getting any immediate re response on this. Um, I was hoping by the end of this week it would all be over because the way they that it sounded is we should have something Tuesday. Well, then Tuesday turned into Wednesday, Wednesday turned into Thursday, and now it's Thursday, and now it's mid-July. So, Well, and uh, another fun tidbit for the Browns fans, if, if we have any listening, um, on the same day, is there that, such thing? Browns well, I, I actually do. I do know one. Um, my good friend uh, Ed Cobb and his stepdad is a diehard Browns fan. Has been forever. So this one's for you, Beaner. Um, but yeah, he uh, on the same day that all this stuff kicked off, uh, Baker Mayfield was having a fundraiser and doing all of these things that you would hope your star quarterback would do. Um, and I know some people don't think he's a star quarterback, but he's the best thing the Browns have had in years. And the Browns and basically Bernie made Kosar, this state, probably basically um, old Johnny football. No, yeah. they uh, they made the statement that they wanted a an adult at the quarterback position, basically a grown man. Well, now you have the guy that you're trying to back, you know, allegedly a part of all of this, and the guy that took you to the playoffs and actually put some wins in the, in the win column. 
and he's out there doing fundraisers and just kind of doing the right things. Don't get me wrong. He's put his foot in his mouth a few times, but it's just the most Browns thing ever to continue this farce. Like I just, I can't even, I just can't. It's yeah. It's really annoying. And yeah, Baker did definitely didn't do himself any favors, especially playing hurt. I mean, cause the team's not looking at it like, uh, Oh, well he's playing hurt. So he's doing the best he can. It's no, he's not getting it done. We don't care why he's not getting it done. So yeah, I mean, I really, we've, we won't rehash this. I hope it's more than a year and I think it should be, but based on what I'm hearing from around the league, it's probably going to be a year and then maybe, Oh, we'll throw on a couple games to satisfy the public and then he'll be back in there. So I do. I have to say one last thing before we move on. There is one person who is absolutely thrilled with everything going on. And his name is Jacoby Brissett because he's week one starter for the Browns. Yeah. Well, and he's pumped. That's one question that I can't remember who posed it to Baker. They said, if, if the Browns end up needing you week one, are you going to be available? And he said, I can't remember what he said. Uh, basically, the Browns would have to start that conversation, and I haven't heard anything, so probably not. So, I I mean, I, I wouldn't close the door on him playing for the Browns, but it sounds like the Browns are ready to move on from him, and obviously he's yeah. ready to move on from them. So I think even if... You know, they get news Deshaun's going to be gone for the whole season. I think they're still looking to move on, and I absolutely think Seattle and Carolina could both use him, and he would be a great contributor there. So we'll see what happens with that. But on to the next uh, (laughs) court situation with the NFL. We have uh, Roger Goodell last week, or I think it was early this week even, got called to uh, join Congress virtually to represent Dan Snyder. Since, you know, Dan Snyder's conveniently out of the country and apparently his phone doesn't work from outside of the country. It's weird. Uh, But anyway, so he did the best job that he absolutely could have done in covering for Dan Snyder. Essentially didn't answer any questions directly. Um, And he even alluded to he's pretty sure Dan Snyder's not running the team right now. He's pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about this saga kind of since it kicked off. Um, I'm so disappointed in the NFL and Roger Goodell. I, I would have liked them to put some distance between themselves. Uh, this move by Snyder is a joke. I just hope they can find some kind of resolution and, I mean, it's no different than the last topic we talked about. I just hope that they, you know, the punishment fits the crime, so to speak. Well, and you Some... had you had Roger Goodell two years ago basically say, I can't remember who it was in regards to, but, oh, no, it wasn't the Gruden thing. It was before that. Anyway, he basically said the conduct policy applies to me it applies to owners it applies to anyone in the nfl players anything and it's quite clear that it does not i mean yes this is this is roger goodell a a lawyer standing up for his client which is the nfl owners he's taking the bullets for them and allowing them to sit in the background and he's the public face of all this and 
you know, he's the bad guy, not Dan Snyder. And that's what they pay him 60 million a year to do. So it's, it's frustrating for all of us, but he knows the law. He knows how he can answer these questions where, where it's not directly answering, it's not incriminating anyone and all that. And that's why he's making the, the amount of money that he does. Oh, absolutely. It's they're stalling. I mean, that's all this is. Exactly. And, um, Snyder actually refused the subpoena that they were trying yep. to give him to bring him in uh, and talk to Congress. And I don't know anyone that could just be like, no, nah, I'm not interested in, in doing that. But anymore, it's a pretty common thing. You just, family billionaires you know, can do it. If you don't want to go, you don't go. Sorry, I'm out of country yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah, the politics, NFL, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Subpoenas aren't what they used to be. That's for sure. So this is frustrating uh, in all regards because it seems like we have all the evidence that we we need to say this guy needs to be removed from from ownership of a, a franchise. He's not able to uh, run it. And the frustrating part is the the Redskins or not Redskins, excuse me, the Commanders, the Commies, are the Washington Football Commanders are putting out these statements saying, you know, look what we've done since 2019. We have done all these initiatives and all that. It's like, okay, that's great, but let's talk about pre-2019. Yeah, that's what we're worried about. to do with the incident or yeah. the series of incidents. That's so, like saying you murdered somebody, but I've been doing, you know. Been real good since. Yeah, so I've been, that I've doesn't been matter. part of the community since then, so yeah. it's all good. And that's kind of what they're doing, brushing this all under the rug. That's what Goodell was saying, you know, look at all these things that they've done. We've had all these internal investigations, and since 2019, they're a sterling. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating because, I mean, in all likelihood, he's going to get away with it, and he really shouldn't, and he's going to continue to or put if, on this or team. If, if something does happen, it still works out where he's going to make a boatload of money out of it. Like, there's not really – that's the frustrating part is I don't see an outcome where – "Quote unquote justice is served in this instance. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the dark side of the way some of this works on the, with these leagues. Is there's so much gray area and so much red tape that everybody has to go through. And I get it. You know, they're it's literally due process. I don't think it's um, gray. I think it's green. Touche. That's touché. all that matters. I, I mean, as far as." Um, you know, the Roger Goodell and NFL involvement, they're going to stick in that gray area. We're not going to pick a side, basically. Yeah. He's um, got lots of money, so we're, we're exactly. going to stick with him. Yeah, yeah we're just going to stall until this something happens. <laughs> I don't know. So other big news in football, and it's not NFL. It's, it's co college football related, like we alluded to at the top. Um, you have UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. And this is pretty disturbing to me because essentially they're going to finish out the last two years of their TV deal with Pac-12, and then they're they're going to the Big Ten. Uh, we've already seen the SEC absorbing teams like Texas, and I can't remember who else they scooped up, but we have basically all the power players consolidating to two or three conferences I don't think the Pac-12 will be able to continue on after losing UCLA and USC. Uh, there's just not, not enough money in the conference. Uh, obviously, they could pick up some smaller teams, but that's not going to drive the revenue streams like UCLA and, and USC will. Um, 
the previous commissioner for the Pac-12 absolutely ran this conference into the dirt with the, the TV deal that they set up. And I mean, it was just a, a nightmare scenario all the way around. But how do you see this affecting what we now know as the Power Five, what was previous, you know, the the setup that it was? <laughs> what do you see happening uh, to, to college football? Well, the Power Five is dead. Let's just go ahead and say that now. Um, this is this is the equivalent of every good player. That's not even it. This is the equivalent of every good team in the NFL all going to one conference, maybe even the same division. It's oh, you very mean AFC fr- West. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, that's basically what this is. And me and you have talked offline. And I personally think in a perfect world, the NCAA would do this with all sports to where, you know, your college has become an affiliate, a minor league system of the NBA, the MLB, the NFL. I think there's a way that money can work there. Obviously, the colleges would get kickbacks and some of that revenue. I think there's a way to work that out. And with doing that, you would have set divisions, no longer this, you know, we're chasing TV deals um, or, you know, we're trying to change the competitive level of this, this and that. Just do away with it. Go to the same setup as these professional sports um, and turn them into minor leagues because, and I mean, you made a note of it. The power five has gone to a power two, power three, and really probably power two. Yeah. You're, you're eliminating competition. The, the, the competitiveness of the entire NCAA football has gone down the drain. I mean, it's not even, it was already so top heavy. Yep. Um, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, I just, I think it's a step in the wrong direction that this keeps happening. Uh, it just, I'm, I guess I'm very frustrated on the college level period between transfer portal, this kind of movement. It just, there's no consistency whatsoever in it anymore. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like it's the wild, wild west, no more rules and just, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever and it's okay. I just. I don't know. It's frustrating. We're already in a small market for us being, you know, Wyoming. All this does is spread that gap even further. Yep. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's not a, it's not a positive for me. I can tell you that I, it's weird to me that all these conferences I grew up with are no longer even recognizable. Yep. It's, it's crazy to me. Well, and I don't know. The pack or UCLA and USC make no sense being in the Big 12. All the other teams no. are basically Nebraska and East. So logistically, it makes no sense. And yeah, I think structure wise, I don't know what makes the most sense. Like you could have, you know, your obviously you have your NFL. Below that, you could have your Division One, if you want to call it that, where you have the, the top teams do conferences do all that, set it up just like the NFL. You can have your division two, same thing, do it by location. You can, you know, play your schedules. West plays the West, East plays the East, best teams from each play, play each other at the end, kind of like a Super Bowl or, or whatever. Um, but as it's currently structured, that's what worries me is Wyoming, where are they going to land? I mean, well, and, and the, the, the power structure right now, if you've only got two conferences that really matter, those are the only ones that are going to be factored into the 
finals for for the college football playoff. Well, like, and that's my big concern too, because we all know money drives all of this. At yep. the end of the day, all that matters is money. Yeah. So you take somebody like Wyoming. What happens if people in our conference all bail and we're all that's left? Are we just? I mean, if we're not bringing in revenue, what does that leave us? I mean, where where, where do we go from there? Do we drop a division? Do we just dissipate? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of terrifying for a small smart small market team. I just I don't know. It's not good. I'm I'm not thrilled. And that's what I'm thinking. If with with all this restructuring, I think eventually it lends to being a professional league. You pay the colleges to use their facilities. Uh, and their logos and all that stuff, which in turn may solve one of the issues, and that's tuition going through the roof to to help prop up some of these sporting teams and things like that. So oh, yeah. maybe long term, it, it's actually a good thing. You you don't have to do the NIL to get paid; you just get paid for playing, and you know you work out your sponsorship deals and whatever off the off the side, just like the pros do. I think that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it's scary for. I don't think Wyoming's in any risk because you've seen their facilities. I mean, they're top notch, even though it's a, a small state, but it's the only college I'm, in the state. So, right. I'm, I'm more concerned years down the road. Um, you know, lasting impact if the market shrinks, things like that. For sure. I guess it's the yeah. unknown. Terrifying. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you don't ever want to be delegated to a, a lesser conference or a lesser league or whatever. And that kind of seems like it's probably going to happen with yeah. all this restructuring. So it's not, not a well, good thing. Absolutely. So anyway, we should uh, crown our NHL champions. Huh? Oh, I'd love to. So uh, take it away. The first, the, the first time since 2001, old Colorado, the abs finally, this was a, the, the Colorado avalanche finally won. Um, this team has been knocking on the door for a handful of seasons now. They were just missing a few things. I think McCarr coming to the team was a big deal. That kid is unreal. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was so happy to see Tampa Bay lose, and I'm so happy to see Colorado beat them the way they did. It was pretty, uh, pretty decided finish um, as far as – except for one game, really. Um I don't know. It's, it's exciting. I'm super happy for everybody. I do have to say a couple things. The first one being um, there was a lot of Colorado Avalanche fans this season. Yes, there were. Which was very interesting for me because... Um, Haven't seen them <laughs> since 2001. I, there, there's generally a, a pretty small group of people in this area that talk hockey and, you know, get behind it regularly. So... And I'm not bashing it. I'm really not. I'm super pumped. I know uh, Trent, who we had on a couple weeks ago, he started following them and enjoyed their playoff run and stuff. I'm thrilled to have more people watching hockey, but it was funny to me. I just seen a lot of a lot of posts, a lot of a lot of talk. Um, but lastly, the Avalanche winning is directly linked to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. So you're welcome. Uh, Nathan McKinnon in his interview said that each night he would call uh, Sidney Crosby for advice. So that's why you guys won. You're welcome, Colorado. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, I just, they were a fun team this year. It was a good time watching them. Just I really good one hockey. One thing to add, and that is a shout out to Raf for this beauty right here that he sent me. What? It's blurry. We can't see it. Oh. 
Is it that? What is it? You got to get it. It's oh, your little man. app thing. Yeah, it's I trying. see a shark. Anyway, it's a Miami-themed uh, San Jose Sharks jersey for, for hockey. So that'll like be hanging it. up in the in the office here shortly. But I wanted to I show like it. it. So shout-out to Raph for sending that over. Since I'm the only swag. Sharks fan that he knows. <laughs> the only one ever. Yeah, um. probably. <laughs> Especially since Jumbo left. But anywho... So other news I got just real quick. We've got the stuff. Yeah, the A's um, and Howard Terminal. The I can't remember what it the they had a vote of some sort escaping my mind right now, but they got enough votes for the binding vote to basically clear the port authority for the port where they're trying to build Howard Terminal. Uh, it was all about zoning, right? Yeah, exactly. So the the vote was today i think they got 22 of 24 vo- yes votes so or 22 of the votes were yes out of the 24 that that voted so there one major hurdle into to building howard terminal there in oakland so it's looking pretty positive um, and i think some of the pressure was added by major league baseball by letting it slip that hey we won't charge the a's a a relocation fee if they decide to go to Las Vegas. So I think that kind of woke up the council there and they said, Hey, let's, uh, let's get this thing done. Cause if not, they'll be leaving. So obviously yeah. the the warriors and the Raiders already left Oakland. So A's the last one's ho- holding on. So I think they let's didn't want to lose that hope, team. Man. And then what do you got for your pirates? Uh, just last thing I want to say is it's, still a lot of fun watching these guys even when we don't win they're battling the old battling buckos but um it's all about the road i'm still uh bly madris came up he's still playing great everybody's super excited about o'neill cruz um he's been playing pretty well his average isn't super impressive i think he's at like 217 219 um but he's he's playing well hit a couple dingers he hit one tonight we're, we're, we're up 7-4 over the Brewers right now, but the real story still for me is Jack Sawinski. He also hit a homer tonight. I'm still riding that high from Father's Day at three homers. Um, last night, Brian Reynolds hit three homers. So it's 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 exciting baseball right now. If we, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a broken record. If we ever get a, a good pitching rotation, um, I mean, a solid contributing pitching rotation. We have some guys that are starting to come along. Brew, Bra- Brew Baker's looking pretty good tonight, but um, if we ever get that rotation solved, we're going to be a pretty competitive team. So, um, you know, measured optimism still, but I love this rookie class. This is fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and we we actually called up an exciting rookie, Jonah Bride, and he was playing very well. And then he and Pinder got in a collision out in right field, yeah. and he he had to go on on the IL. What um, uh, did they ever drop? I was watching that, and I never saw information. Did they say anything about the injury yet? Uh, I think he just has a shoulder strain. Sounds like he'll be back in ten days, but it's frustrating because he was building all that momentum and really playing well, both on defense and offense. So. But they did send down Christian Pache today, which probably good because he has struggled all season. I think the only reason he stayed up as long as he did is because of injuries that they had. They had Skybolt go down before the season. They had uh, Pinder get hurt. Biscotti got hurt. So he, he kind of was 
left up as a necessity, but I hope he goes down, gets some confidence at the plate because we've seen he's an absolute all-star out in the outfield, but he needs to, he needs to do it at the plate as well. If he wants to a chance to stick in this league, they also sent down Adam Aller, who has actually been pitching pretty well out of the bullpen, obviously was not good at all (laughs) on his starts. I think he had three starts this season and had a 10 plus ERA. So not good there, but he's done well out of the bullpen. Uh, so they're sending him down to get some more practice in, in Las Vegas. They brought up Adrian, Marci- Adrian Martinez for his second start of the season today. He'll be pitching here in 20 minutes or so. We'll brought, up Machine, watch that one. brought up Sky Bolt from the IL, and then they sent Jed Lowry to the IL as well, and Adam Kolarik was designated for assignment. So a lot of moves with the A's. Um, <laughs> season's not going well. We've talked about it many times, but – I do like to see Nick Allen got brought up. He's playing very yeah. well. Uh, Elvis Andrews has been hitting at, at DH because he's actually been hitting well, but like to see the defense of Nick Allen since that's his specialty. So just a lot of exciting things, but not necessarily translating on the field just yet. So we'll see. And like I said, the biggest win today was that, that vote that they got. So if they can if they can finish with momentum then hopefully john fisher can say hey i'm gonna get top dollar for this team now and i'm gonna sell that's that's the hope for every a's fan i think at this point so with that anything else you wanted to say before we call it uh i got one little nugget that i'm gonna drop i already know your opinion about it but i figured it was worth mentioning um i did see that they are projecting 2024 as the um robotic umps yeah, that is interesting to me. Don't get me wrong. Old Angel Hernandez really gets me frustrated. But <laughs> with that being said, it's such a huge part of the game. It's absolutely heartbreaking to me that we're moving Can't in that direction. It's just, it's just balls and strikes. They're not replacing all of the umpires. True, true, and, true, true. I apologize I for the heard, box, basically. Yeah, what I have heard is... What they're doing in minor leagues right now is they're essentially doing a challenge system. So it's not the robo umps or the ro- automatic ball strikes. It's not that yet. The only time they, they use that is if the ump calls a, an egregious play, they can quickly challenge. If it's a ball and the, he called it a strike, it quickly gets reversed and then they continue the at bat or they move gonna, on so it's gonna take six hours to watch a damn game well that's the best <laughs> thing is it's it's instant they they already know if it's a ball or a strike so if they say yeah. review that they just say yep that was a strike it's just like in tennis where you see that automated uh where it hit on the court it's just like that so within seconds you you already have huh. an answer if you want Fair to review enough, it. I guess. so i, we'll I see think what happens a, i think that's a better system rather than you know overhauling the whole thing because you hate seeing a catcher clear lined up clear outside and then the pitcher brings it all the way back over the plate and maybe it does cross on the, the inside yeah. corner, but you hate seeing that rewarded because the, I agree. you're not you're not rewarding the pitcher for throwing it where he's supposed to. You're just saying, Yeah, well technically that's a strike, you know. <laughs> so I would like to see some kind uh, of system like that where it's not fully automated, where it's maybe a quick replay. And obviously they're testing it down, you know, lower leagues. So I, they're doing the right process. I get all that. I just, it's, it's very weird taking away that element because it's such a huge part of the game. I mean, they, 
they you know they plan their game around umps so it's just it's always been that way it's just very weird well and you don't want a guy calling the exact strike zone on a you know 10 10 to nothing blowout where they're just trying to get right. the game in it's like either get up there and swing or i'm going to call a strike <laughs> no i agree completely so anyway but i, like I just to had to bring that. it up Fair enough. All right. With that, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. This is obviously a little bit quicker one than we normally do, but hope you guys enjoy. And as always, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Share it to your friends. We'd like to get some questions in. And thank you for Absolutely. tuning in.